He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. And I feel like if you don't view yourself in that light, like if you just stick to the box of being a hotelier or, you know, an STR operator, you're going to get pushed out over the next few years because more and more people are getting in the game. And unless you're creating a unique experience, a memorable experience in a good way for your guests, they're, they're not going to come back to you and they're going to try somebody else out. It's just the nature of business in general. So if you're not, if you're not trying to put your, your mind in the place of, okay, if this was me staying in here and just a general tip for everybody, we stay at every single property before we launch it. So like I've stayed in a bunch of these rooms. My partners have stayed in some of these rooms. Like we're testing everything out. And it was like something as simple as, you know, I had a coffee and I put it down and I was like, Oh, I should get some coasters. Like yeah. this looks crazy. Like just little things like that, that you wouldn't notice unless you're actually staying in your property, right? Testing water pressure, things like that. So if you're not putting yourself in the mindset of your guest, you're not going to be in business very long, quite frankly, because the yeah. way that the industry is changing and growing so fast, the folks that are doing that are going to put you out of business. It's that simple. Or you're going to be fighting for the Walmart price point at the bottom, which I have zero desire to do. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. everybody welcome back to slick talk the hospitality podcast and today is another special day of course every guest is a special guest um, but this one's a little fun and a little unique just like the rest um, i have the pleasure of interviewing michael who is with occupied now and also a new hotelier so we're excited to see um, his role in playing both in the str world and now the hotel world and uh, so I'm just going to, you know, give the microphone to Michael here and let him introduce himself and give us a little bit of his journey. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Will. I appreciate it. Uh, yes, my name is Mike Shogren. Uh, I'm based about 30 minutes outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And, you know, like many folks, I'm sure, you know, I went to school, got good grades, got a quote unquote good job as an accountant. And uh, a few years into that, I just felt like there was just more for me out there. I, I wasn't satisfied. Um, you know, the income was okay, but it just, I was like, I just couldn't see myself doing this for the rest of my life, you know, trading time for money. And I kind of dabbled in real estate for a couple of years, just trying to figure it out. And I wanted it, but I, I didn't fully commit to it. Mm. And then when my wife and I had our son who was born, he was born with a rare lung disease called interstitial lung disease. And basically what that means is anytime he was sleeping, he needed to be on oxygen. And mm. so we spent a ton of time at Boston Children's Hospital. And at one point we had been there for about three weeks straight and he was going through all these tests and it was really stressful. And, you know, my wife and my son were freaking out and they were scared. And I just had this horrible feeling come over me uh, that uh, we were going to be there for a little while longer, but I was out of vacation time. I was out of sick time and I had all these hospital bills piling up. And I was forced to leave my family in the hospital because I needed to go back to a nine to five job to trade my time for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I told my wife that day, I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to find a way to build a business that does not rely on me to trade my time for money because I will never put my family in this situation again. And within 
about nine months of making that decision, uh, I stumbled across short-term rentals just through a friend of mine who was in a, a mastermind group with me. And he was telling me about how he was generating anywhere from a thousand to $2,000 a month on these properties. And he didn't even own them. And I was like, that, that sounded fascinating. And I was really skeptical and really critical at first. And, yeah. you know, being a, a numbers guy, I was like, show me the numbers. Cause I thought he was full of it. And he showed me the numbers and I was like, wow, this actually checks out. Like it, it made sense. So my wife and I decided that we would get into the game. Um, I still wasn't keen on like the master leasing thing that he was doing. So we pulled a loan out of our 401k and we put a down payment on a vacation house up in the mountains in New Hampshire. And we said, all right, we're going to do this, but we're going to make a promise that every single month we're going to use it as a family, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then we'll rent it out when we're not using it because quite frankly, family is the most important thing and everything else comes secondary. So, you know, we did that. We launched that in 2008, January of 2018. Yeah. 2018. Um, and just like that gentleman said, like literally every single month we went up, used it for a long weekend. Mm -hmm. And then we rented it out and it was cash flowing anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000 a month net, like after all expenses, cleaning fees, mortgage, utilities, everything. And I was like, this is the coolest, you know, real estate strategy, business model ever. I get paid yeah. to own this amazing place, you know, up in the mountains. Uh, but the problem was I couldn't live off of $1,500 a month. Um, and I didn't have any more cash to go buy more properties. So yeah. uh, I spent the next, you know, probably nine months dialing my systems and everything just I had to manage this property that was three hours away and I wanted to get everything dialed in. And I tried to think about how I could expand without any cash, quite frankly. And then I just stumbled across this thought of, well, what if I brought this business model to some landlords that have vacant properties, you know, they're putting them up for rent on Craigslist or hot pads or wherever. And what if I just approached them with the business model? And I was like, Hey, here's some data that I've got from New Hampshire you know, we're seeing that you could anywhere average two to five X the same revenue on the same property. So is that something that you'd be interested in? And I'd manage everything for you. You wouldn't have to do anything. You just have to pay for the furniture. Mm -hmm. I'll set it all up. I'll manage everything for you. Um, and we could increase your, you know, your net income by 25 to 50%. Is that something you'd be interested in? And I got a lot of no's and a lot of people are like, nope, that sounds really weird and sketchy and all that stuff. But, you know, finally I got uh, a yes. And the gentleman gave me one of his properties. We onboarded it. And then, you know, just like I told him, we took that property from $2,000 a month to netting him $3,000 a month. And I think he spent about $10,000 to furnish it. It was a two bedroom property. Uh, we built it all out for him, took care of everything and uh, he was really happy with it. And so, you know, started to gain more confidence, doing more outreach, got some more referrals and, you know, within a relatively short period of time, you know, about 18 months, my wife and I were both able to quit our corporate jobs and I was able to retire my wife from her, I mean, uh, retire my mom from her retail job, which was oh, wow. really cool. So, you know, really expanded really, really quickly and um, ended up branching out across five different states, setting up teams in different markets and just, just having a blast with it. Um, and then most recently, uh, that actual, the, the first owner that I was just talking about, he's a, a local developer and he came across a boutique hotel that had been, you know, pretty run down. It was a, a really cool place. The location is amazing. It's right on the ocean. Again, uh, a lot of folks may have heard of Gloucester, Massachusetts, it's a big fisherman town, mm -hmm. oldest seaport in the country, I believe, um, for like fishing. And this is the town right next to it. It was built in like the 1800s and it needed a bunch of work, but 
um, he was like, would this work with your model, right? With all the technology you're using and everything else. And, you know, we came and looked at it and we said, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we partnered on that deal, him and a business partner put up the money to purchase it and renovate it. I'm going to run it and we're just splitting it a third, a third, a third. Um, so I've got equity in that deal now, which we're launching this Thursday. So I'm yeah. super excited about that. Yeah. And for all the listeners, I, since I've pretty much started the show, I've been following Michael and his journey with the SDR side. And then I've seen, of course, the COVID Rockport. So it's been kind of cool to watch the, the whole, like the whole story that you just told, it just kind of goes up and up and up and up. And so with, with that though, when it comes to your experience with the SDR side, what were the tools, tips, tricks that you learned along the way that helped you grow the business so quickly? Um, what was something that maybe you recognized or had like an aha moment um, that really was just like, this is how we're going to run it. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I'm big on, I'm big on education and mentorship. So I always surround myself with, you know, amazing people that are, you know, in a similar niche and, you know, maybe they're a little bit ahead of me or maybe they're in my peer group and I'm just huge on like the masterminding. So, you know, I've joined probably every mastermind possible around short-term rentals um, and just learned a lot and tried to share as much as I could and just, you know, give and take. And that's one thing I love about this industry is everybody's yeah. like so willing to help. And it's such a tight knit community that, you know, there's no, you know, don't go here. Cause they're, you know what I mean? It's just very community based, which I love. And so just, you know, a combination of that and just kind of learning over the last couple of years, like things that work. So, you know, when you've got a property, especially a property out of state, I found that, you know, most property owners, landlords, investors, they care about a few different things. One, they want to know that you're going to take really good care of their property, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's first and foremost, they, they get that they could, that they could make more money with short-term rentals, but they're nervous of, you know, the Airbnb party headline in the newspaper or whatever. So, you know, we use a, a wide array of technology from, you know, noise aware, noise sensing technology in the properties. We've got security cameras on the outside of the properties. We use smart Wi-Fi lock. So every guest gets a new automatic generated code. So nobody ever gets the same code. You know, we have all sorts of things, smart smoke and CO2 detectors, all that stuff. So we have eyes and ears on the property 24 seven. Um, so that gives them comfort around that. And then, you know, using sites like AirDNA to show them like historical data in their market, yeah. you know, giving them the actual facts and statistics to show I'm not making these numbers up. These are what actual properties in your market in your neighborhood are actually generating on sites like Airbnb and VRBO, et cetera. Yeah. Um, Estimating. Exactly. I'm not just, yeah, I think you can make like 60 grand or something like, like that. It's like, good. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's just honestly just being easy to do business with, right? Like I take care of literally anything and, we, you know, setting clear expectations where it's like, all right, if there's any crazy expense that comes up that's over 200 or 500 or a thousand dollars, you know, whatever threshold the owner wants to set, I'll make sure that I call them and verify that before I just take care of it for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And just setting clear expectations. Here's when you're going to get your payouts. Here's when you're going to get your owner statements. Here's when I'm actually going to call you if it's an act, if it's truly an emergency and just, it just comes down to business principles, right? People like to do business with people they know, like, and trust and people that are easy to do business with. So the more that you can, create that passive opportunity for owners. And the more that you deliver on your word and your results, it just gets really, really easy to expand. Like we do absolutely zero marketing and we get leads every single week because now it's just word of mouth. Like you kind of hit this tipping point where you get, you get results for enough people and then they just refer you to more and more people. Yeah. 
Well, I was going to say, so for these listings that you guys are creating, I'm just kind of off topic question, but are you guys um, creating like direct booking sites as well? Or is this all just putting up on the third party sites like Airbnb, VRBO and letting them run their course? So it depends on the property. So um, as an example, most properties we put up on Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com, some trip advisor, mm-hmm. it kind of depends on the, the type of property. So a lot of like, you know, the urban properties inside of cities, those do really well on Airbnb, whereas some of the more high-end vacation homes that do really well on VRBO. Yeah. Um, for this boutique hotel, it had been in operation for years. Granted, we rebranded it, but we had a, a past guest list of like 1,500 people. So we knew that we needed to create, you know, a branded website for this hotel, which has generated the majority of our bookings. And only recently, we actually got them on some of the other OTAs. Um, the only other property that I really push on its own website is uh, actually my my brother and sister-in-law's property in Florida, but that's just because she's got a, an Instagram following of like 500,000 people. Okay. So all of her followers want to stay there and I wanted to be able to send them directly to her website to yeah. do that. Yeah. Not to pay out all the commissions and extra stuff like that. So that's smart. Yeah. Well, I know you talked about um, family is number one thing. You said family's first and everything else is second. So I guess why hospitality was hospitality mean to you um, when it comes to the industry itself? Obviously, this was a, a step for a new lifestyle and a life change for you, but obviously there's been some passion behind it. And so I kind of want to dive into to that. So why hospitality and was it mean to you? Yeah. So I've been interested in real estate for a long time. I just, I've always been a numbers guy and I just liked how it was, it was concrete and the numbers don't lie. And from an investment standpoint, you know, it's one of the most sound investments if you buy it right that you can make. But what I found is like most people that go into the commercial space or a lot of them, at least that I was following, they get into the large multifamily apartments, which is fine. And you can do really well. um, And it's a very lucrative career, but it just felt very vanilla to me. And then once I just got a taste of like STRs and hospitality and like, it's just fun. Like it's really fun. Like just people are coming to your property for a wide variety of reasons, right? Like we've had just last week, there was a couple that got married and they were spending the night in one of our properties, like after their wedding, right? We've had that. We've had unfortunate things like people coming back to town to visit for wakes and funerals and things like that. Um, Graduations, birthdays, you know, anniversaries, you know, we've got people that have been coming to this, this boutique hotel for 50 years before we took it over. So like, it's just like, they're excited to come and it's just, I don't know, it's just a different experience. Um, you know, it's just as profitable and it's just, and personally for me, it's just more fun. Yeah. You know, you can get to do a lot more cool things here than you would with say a typical multifamily property. hundred percent. No, I've always been saying like, this is the most creative industry out there. In my opinion, obviously there's other cool industries, you know, like art or music or whatever. But this for me is like where we get to really dive in, like just finding little unique things. And of course, like you said, people that have been coming to your property that you just took over for 50 years, they have so many memories. They can teach you and show you so many things. And as humans, we get to connect and build off of that, which is so, so cool. It's like the most unique thing out there, in my opinion, just having that human connection through a mutual thing of travel, uh, emotion, memories, you know, first impressions, all these certain things that we've, you know, got into. So I think that's really, really cool that you guys are moving forward with that and and the peg or not what used to be the peg leg, my bad. Uh, So let's talk about that though. That's so obviously the guy that you first started with um, 
he was like, yo, do you think we can apply the same, you know, strategy and process to this? And he said, yes. So how has the renovation been? Let's talk about, you know, taking this property that's been up for 50 years and, you know, it was a little rundown to getting it to the beautiful, like for any listeners right now, check out their Instagram just because, or Facebook It's the pictures are incredible just from where it was to where it is. It's beautiful. I'm jealous that I'm all the way in Washington and I can't be there to go stay there right now because it's just in a beautiful property right on the water. Um, but yeah, let's explain that process. Like what has been, what maybe something crazy, funny, stressful, <laughs> yeah. challenging, like go all the above. I'm, I'm all in for it. So when we initially purchased the property, again, this, it was built in 1860. So we knew it was old. It was going to take some, some updates here and there. Right. Um, basically it had that kind of 1970s new England cottagey feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it had a lot of wallpaper, a lot of dark natural woods, um, you know, it's been a staple in this community for over a hundred years. Um, but when you went in there personally, it just, it felt really dark and it just really needed updating. So, I mean, we, we redid all the cosmetic stuff, right? So we got rid of all the wallpaper, uh, all new paint, all new furniture, all new decor, um, put in split, like you can see behind me, like split heat and AC units in every single room because they didn't have air conditioning in most of the rooms. Um, ended up... <laughs> Ended up doing a new roof, all new exterior paint, had to do some excavation on the outside because we found that literally after we finished whitewashing our club room wall, which is, you know, below like ground level, like it kind of flooded. So we had to excavate and backfill all that and put in a new drain system. Uh, a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of hiccups came up throughout the project, but at the same time, you know, the location is the best location. I'm not just saying that because it's our property, but I mean, it's literally oceanfront in a cove, like four minute walk to all the restaurants, everything else. It's right across the street from the beach. Like you literally cannot beat this location. Um, And after a certain point of us just going so over budget that we just said at this point, we're just going to make this the best hotel possible. And we just upped everything and basically redid it pretty much everything um, in the property. So everything's new, fresh, clean. It's all, um, you know, smart technology enabled. So to kind of get back to your question of what I learned from the short-term rentals and applying it now is I know for me, like if if I stay in a hotel, it drives me nuts if there's like a long line and I've been traveling all day and I have to wait for somebody to like hand me a key or a card to get into my room. I was like, this is ridiculous. There's zero reason that I should be waiting in this line. Yeah. So every single one of our rooms has, you know, smart Wi-Fi enabled, keypad lock. So before arrival, the guests get all the information about their property, their own unique keypad code. They can self-check in. They pull up, go to the room, drop everything off, grab their parking pass, go over to our parking lot right next door. We've got designated parking for hotel guests. And then we have, you know, some additional spots for the beach. Um, Then they have access to us either via phone or email if they need anything, but we're putting, you know, two extra sets of towels, extra sets of linens, basically anything that they would ask for is already in the room. Mm. So if they needed extra pillows, extra towels, extra linens, whatever, it's already there. So like you just grab it if you need it. And if anything crazy comes up, you just let us know. But we really wanted to make it as simple and as contact free as possible, especially with everything going on with COVID right now. It's like, 
if something comes up, we're here for you if you need it, but we wanted to make it as seamless as possible. So everything from the locks to, you know, we put in some special doors so that they could use the club room lounge during certain hours with their own unique codes and all this stuff to try and make it as simple and as user-friendly as possible. And so with, with that, I'm pretty sure, but this is just a question that goes through my head. Um, if the room is not ready, let's say I'm in room one and it's still being cleaned. It's maybe one o'clock, but I'm arriving a little early. I will not be able to get checked in, right? I won't be able to automatically put my code in. It, it will let me know or do it once it's done. That way housekeepers code, are getting walked in. <laughs> yeah. The code only starts to work. So our check-in is 3 p.m. Checkout's 10 a.m. Okay. That code will not work until 3 p.m. Gotcha. So if they do get here early and, you know, for some reason, if the housekeepers are done early, I can go in the computer and change it and give them access early. But we're really trying to press, like, just plan on getting here for three. If you get here early, that's fine. Just leave your stuff either in your car or wherever. Mm -hmm. Go enjoy the beach for a couple hours, come back and just walk to town wherever you are. Yeah. And then come in at three o'clock. All right. That's awesome. So with, um, with that, I was going to go into, um, kind of the idea of, I don't know. I think with the COVID-19, everything just kind of took a big shift for everybody and no matter what industry or anything, um, did this project start prior to the pandemic hitting the U S and everybody? Yeah, we bought the property on February 10th we closed and then a couple weeks later the whole COVID thing hit. So how is that um I guess in a, in a lot of ways did that shift make you or at least in, um initiate that shift for you guys to go contactless kind of implement the STR tools and tactics to the hotel? No, that was the game plan all along and it just quite frankly kind of parlayed into what every everything that was going on and you know, a lot of folks when, you know, they knew that I bought the hotel and the whole COVID thing, they're like, Oh man, tough time. And I'm like, yeah. not really. I mean, yeah. we needed to, we needed till now to finish the renovation anyway. Now everything's open back up and everybody's anxious to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. And we've processed, I think 60 reservations in the last five days, you know, since everything's open and back up. So it's all, I always tell all my students and, and everybody in my, around me, quite frankly, is you got to protect your mindset because yeah. If you continue to, you know, I'm not telling you not to watch the news. I personally just don't because they just slam you with negative yes. stuff all the time. You get, you can stay informed, you know, through certain channels, but you've got to protect your mindset because if you surround yourself with negative people and negative news and all of that, like you just become negative and you start to attract more of that negative. When you, ch- I forget, I think it was Wayne Diaries. Like when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, if you yeah. just keep a positive mindset, you'll always find, you'll always find something positive. And life's too short to be negative. Yeah, quite frankly. No, for sure. And this whole pandemic, I've seen like, obviously a lot of people have pivoted and shifted their either like marketing strategy or just overall operation strategy, just because a lot of us, um, this, like, like you said, information is changing all the time with this whole thing. Um, me specifically and to kind of like tie back into your comment about waiting in line, um, to check in. I'm currently staying at a Marriott hotel right now for, um, the mission I'm on for COVID, but the nicest thing, like everybody was like, Oh, we have to go check in, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, I'm already done. I already checked in on the app. My room's ready. My keys on my phone. I literally, all my friends and military buddies were checking in getting their keys and I'm bypassing them with my luggage going through. And so I think 
do you think this whole shift of contactless, not just for, for COVID reasons, but do you think being both in the STR world and hotel world that we're going to start to see, I think, hotels more adopt some things and some STR adopt some other things from both sides? 100%. Absolutely. Um, I had the, the pleasure of meeting Jeff Hoffman a couple of years ago. He's the founder of Priceline.com and mm-hmm. you know, he's a multi-billionaire at this point. He's super, super nice guy. But the first um, company that he had actually as an entrepreneur, he was in his 20s and he, was, he loved to travel. So he knew he wanted to do something in the travel industry and he was waiting in line to get his um, airline pass printed because this was before the kiosks and everything. He ended up missing his flight because the line was so long that he had to wait the whole time. So he was the guy that invented all those kiosks in the airport that you can print your boarding pass. Smart. Right. And so it's like, once you get a taste of something like that, I don't see it going backwards. Yeah. Right? Like nobody enjoys waiting in line at a hotel. Yeah. People do enjoy the hospitality side of a hotel compared to STRs, right? Like, yeah. you know, depending on the scenario, you know, some folks want the valet parking and they want, you know, the folks to bring the luggage up to the room and things like that. So that, that's a different element than a traditional like vacation rental or short-term rental. That's a value add, but standing in line and waiting that there's zero value add to that. I agree. I'm going to read, or I'm going to say a word and I'm going to read off the definition of it. And I want you to kind of, this is totally off the cuff too. So I want you to kind of go um, into exactly what your thoughts are, maybe um, an example through your journey or why you think this is going to be and it kind of goes into mindset like you're just talking about, but the word destination air. So a person that is wired to create remarkable experiences that are shared and anticipated. What are your thoughts? Do you think that you fit as a destination air instead of a quote unquote hotelier or short-term rental, um, you know, operator? A hundred percent. And I feel like if you don't view yourself in that light, like if you just stick to, the box of being a hotelier or, you know, an STR operator, you're going to get pushed out over the next few years because more and more people are getting in the game. Mm -hmm. And unless you're creating a unique experience, a memorable experience in a good way for your guests, they're, they're not going to come back to you and they're going to try somebody else out. It's just the nature of business in general. So if you're not, if you're not trying to put your, your mind in the place of, okay, if this was me staying in here, and just a general tip for everybody, we stay at every single property before we launch it. So like I've stayed in a bunch of these rooms, my partners have stayed in some of these rooms, like we're testing everything out. And it was like something as simple as, you know, I had a coffee and I put it down and I was like, oh, I should get some coasters. Like yeah. this looks crazy. Like just little things like that, that you wouldn't notice unless you're actually staying in your property, right? Testing water pressure, things like that. So if you're not putting yourself in the mindset of your guest, you're not going to be in business very long, quite frankly, because the way that the industry is changing and growing so fast, the folks that are doing that are going to put you out of business. It's that simple. Or you're going to be fighting for the Walmart price point at the bottom, which I have zero desire to do. Yeah. No, I was just listening to another podcast um, and they were talking about, uh, you know, revenue management strategies and, and the, like, they're like five, you know, five points of revenue management and both like the top two, or three, I think we're involved in, you know, dropping your price to the lowest rate because uh, it doesn't just, oh, no, the, the number one and number two were, uh, you know, dropping your price to the lowest rate does not create demand. It does not create market. And uh, that's one thing that I saw for so, so long in my career when during like revenue management uh, meetings or 
whatever, all our rates would be at like 66 bucks or like 49 on Groupon and all these other things. And it was killing us because not only were we dropping low and not making like enough revenue to cover anything, but everyone else had to do the same thing. And yeah, we got some bookings, but it was just like the mindset that everyone thought that created demand was shocking to me because to me, it was like, no, we're actually losing money. We need to stay at our value point because guests will see that. They will see that, you know, when you drop your to your Walmart prices, it's going to be, all right, well, it's not going to be that great of a stay because, you know, it's only 49 bucks or $66 and the pictures look great. Like, why would this hotel be at this price, you know? So, 100%. Um, and now with the operation side, I, I'm kind of curious to, to know with the hotel being, you know, I'm assuming you guys don't have a front desk. No front desk. So how does that work on the operation side? Is there a kind of like a property manager like there would for a STR property that's kind of on standby for guests or, you know, give me a walkthrough on how that, how that looks for you guys at the Cove. Yeah, for sure. So I'm actually sitting, so we did build an office. It's just not like customer facing. So either myself or a couple members of our team that are local that also manage some of our short-term rentals. It's just kind of a nice office to have because we're right at the beach. So we'll be working up here. So if things come up, we're available. Mm -hmm. But we also have a couple local folks that literally live down the street that if something comes up and a local handyman that I can call in the middle of the night, if something happens, that can run right over. So again, it's, it's pretty much the same way that we're managing a lot of our short-term rentals where we do have local boots on the ground for things that come up. And then quite frankly, I mean, this first summer where we're launching, I'll probably spend a good amount of my time up here because I want to make sure everything goes smooth. You know, the guests are taken care of, everything's happy and also kind of helping facilitate that transition. Because if you've got somebody that's been staying here for 50 years, they're used to it operating a certain way. Yeah. So I kind of have to ease them into that transition and kind of hold their hand through that instead of just saying, Oh, it's, it's new, like get yeah. used to it. You know, it's, yeah. that's not, that's not a good experience for somebody. For sure. Teaching an old dog new tricks. Uh, you got to walk them through it, especially with technology. Yes. And if they have been staying there for 50, 50, 20, 30 years, you know, they're used to, uh, they're probably not used to checking in on their phone or doing a key dial or, you know, all this extra stuff that is included. So, um, yeah, that's definitely, I've seen a lot of places that um, when management changes or ownership changes, the repeat guests that come back are like, well, it never used to be like this. Why'd you change? Why'd you do this? And they'll, they'll ask you those questions. Like it will be one of those things that you're like, oh, that was blunt, but okay. Um, let me, uh, let me put my game face on right now and let's, let's handle this. But yeah, it's uh that's smart. I think that's pretty, pretty important, especially when it comes to the guest experience. So um I guess for, for the end of the show, um, what are your like final thoughts on just the overall, um, I guess, process and things of going on in the industry that you've been, you've mentioned some names that, um, have sponsored the show, uh, like noise aware, air DNA, um, all these certain things, any shameless shout outs you want to give out, um, or, you know, shameless plugs, obviously all the listeners are listening, should check out the COVID rock port. So just a little little final thought for you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, you know, for those that are interested, uh, I will throw in a shameless plug. So I do run uh, a high level mastermind group. It's called short-term rental secrets mastermind. Um, you can check out the website, strsecrets.com. I've got a free, I try to keep it short and sweet. It's about 40 minutes long where I like do a deep dive on 
basically how I grew the business, the different systems I use. And then if you, know, if you think that that's a fit for you and you wanna learn more, you can set up a free strategy call with me. I'll learn about you and your business, see if I'm the right fit. And then we can talk a little bit, about, little bit more about what the program actually looks like. Um, but we've, right now we've got about 160 students from Australia to the US to England, all over the world. It's, it's been amazing. Um, yeah, and that's where most of my focus actually goes, um, quite frankly. So, you know, I've really, again, I've built this business so it wouldn't rely on me to trade time for money. So I've built an amazing team that handles the day to day. Uh, we've got four working on number five right now that we're currently onboarding um, to really run the show. And again, like I said, I'll be fairly hands on here this summer, but I'd say 80% of my time is strictly focused on the coaching now just because I love to do it. Um, and speaking engagements and podcasts like this. Um, just because I just wish somebody taught me this stuff 10 years ago when I was trying to figure it all out. And uh, I don't know, I just, I feel like I got lucky and, you know, it's just a way that I like to give back. So. No, I, I'm the same way. That's the whole point of why I created the podcast. So, you know, educational, but also engaging and, you know, exciting because this, this industry is really cool. Like if people, the common question, I'm pretty sure you get it too, is how can you create a business or create a podcast based off of hospitality? Like, don't you run out of stuff to talk about? And I'm like, no, the conversation is always ongoing. It never stops. Every time I talk to a guest or have an episode go out, guess what? Five more guests want to get on the show because of something that was said via a conversation. You know, it's just, it's such an engagement community. Like I'm, it's such a big industry, but I feel like it's so small with all the people that we know. Cause you and I have a lot of mutual connections and it's just like, all right, here's like 20 people and I'm always seeing their name like always when it comes to like the service provider side or anything else. But of course there's like hundreds of managers and thousands and upon thousands of people that are on the ground, you know, running stuff day to day. But it's just such, such a tight knit community that's like, yeah, there's, we are always talking. Like we are always on the same go, 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 go. Like there's never stopping. So uh, I think it's pretty, pretty great. Um, and I think you're launching a podcast soon, right? Or is that something you don't want to announce yet? No, no, no. We can, we can announce it. So okay. we've got, I think we've got five or six episodes recorded. We're definitely going to get you on for sure, Will. So right. we'll, get, we'll get that set up. Um, yeah, so we'll be planning on launching that in probably the next three weeks or so. Um, again, I've got a great team that's going through and processing them all. And um, you can actually find some of them on YouTube already because they post awesome. them on YouTube. Okay. Um, but yeah, again, some of the, some of the folks that you've had on this podcast, like I just interviewed uh, Dave Krauss from Rent Responsibly and Noise Aware last week. Yeah. Um, he gave an amazing podcast. And, then, you know, I tried to do a blend of, of people that are currently operating and then people that have different roles within the industry. Because yeah. again, I, I know for me, I, I like to, to see, okay, cool. What was their story? How'd they get started? What systems are they using? What does their team look like? What markets are they in? Yeah. And then obviously the industry experts, providers type of deal like Dave and, you know, the guys at AirDNA and Noiseware, all the different players, you know, they have a unique perspective because they're seeing all of us yeah. as a community. So I like to have a blend of everybody. For sure. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. So um, I will make sure for all the listeners that are, you know, paying attention and checking out the show notes, um, everything Michael has listed or said, I will link to it. So you'll have a direct link. Go right from the episode, whatever you're on, Spotify, Apple, Google, my website. Go ahead. There's links. It'll take you right to them. Um, you can learn more, obviously. I don't think this will be the last time that Michael and I will be, you know, producing some awesome content for you guys. So go ahead, you know, check out all the stuff that we just talked about. 
you know, if you're near Boston, Massachusetts area, go stay at the Cove at the Rock at Rockport and, uh, you know, tell Michael all the great things that they're doing out there. So I'm just grateful for you being on the show, man. Um, definitely we'll be talking more soon. And uh, again, just thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. And for anybody that wants to follow me, I typically put out a bunch of free content. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Airbnb guy. Perfect. I will also link that as well. So thank awesome. you, Michael, again, for being on the show. And uh, check out next week's episode to come out again soon. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I had a really good time talking with Michael just about the overall experience of his new uh, adventure going into the hotel world from STR and managing both. Um, I think it's super unique, super cool. I'm a big fan of what he's doing. So go ahead and check out all the stuff that we talked about as well. Um, thank you, everybody, um, for who that you know. There's been supporting the, the the Facebook page, the Instagram, the social media links, everything. You guys are awesome. Please, please, please leave a review. Um, let me know your thoughts on the show. Give me some feedback. Reach out. I would love to, to pretty much listen to the audience and what you guys have to say uh, regarding the show. So don't forget to also check out slicktalkthepodcast.com forward slash blog. And it's a community blog. So industry professionals, if you are listening, uh, please go ahead, fill out the contact form and get on the blog. And thank you guys so much for tuning back in to Slick Talk. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.